Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 572. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leveraged streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top-performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because we are going to talk about something that, well, it's not really so much of a secret anymore. I mean, there was a time uh, a few years back when people were like, what's that? And who is this? And what do you mean? And now it's more like, yeah, I heard of that. And I'd love to know how to do that. And tell me more. What am I talking about? Uh, I am talking about the wonderful way of getting into real estate today that I call short-term rentals because at the end of the day, it's something we have been practicing. As many of you know, we shifted our entire focus over to the short-term rental game a few years ago, and we've seen a lot of success, not only for ourselves, but most importantly, for individuals who are looking to get started and make that happen for themselves as well. And it's been an exciting journey, and that journey continues. And as the marketplace matures, like any other marketplace would, specialists emerge, meaning there, there's one thing to say, you know, like I, I'm a car repair person, but I specialize in, you know, European cars, or maybe you specialize in, in foreign car or domestic cars. You, you specialize in certain types of things. And, and the same is true here when it comes to the short-term rental world. Uh, I have with me today someone that many call uh, the father of the extended stay because I get excited when I, I run into individuals who are out there doing the same thing, but yet have chosen a, a slightly different take on it or chosen to specialize on a, a particular way of running their business, which, uh, you know, I think will benefit us all. So if you are out there in a marketplace that requires or benefits from 30 day plus stays, you're definitely going to enjoy hearing from none other than Al Williamson. He is slash was a professional engineer because today, he spends his time as a full-time real estate investor. So when you see him and you ask him, hey, what do you do? If you've ever played the Cashflow 101 board game, that's what he does all day. He looks at market cards, opportunities, and he makes cash flow happen. That's what I get excited about because that's literally the life that we get to live and love. Now, here's what that means. That means if you have been thinking about getting involved in short-term rentals. If you have been going, man, I'd love to get in real estate one day, but if, and you have said, if I only just knew how, or man, my ordinances, they won't let me. This particular episode is 100% for you. So make sure you take out that iPad, notepad, scratch pad, whatever it is that you're writing on. Let's get ready to listen, love, and learn. 
from Al Williams. And Al, how you doing? Good, man. That intro made me excited. I'm, I'm like ready to go myself. Like, who, who, who are you going to bring on, man? This is He's like, yes, I'm signing all up, starting um, over. It's great. Yeah, this guy. This is great. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, be, before we get too far, this being the first time that you're here, I am uh, obligated to ask you the same question that I ask everybody else the first time that they're here. Are, are you okay. ready? All right. I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's superheroes, you know, Batman, Robin, Hulk, Black Widow, et cetera. You get the idea because I think entrepreneurs and superheroes have a ton of things in common. Like as an entrepreneur, I can envision myself running around town and, you know, saving customers one sale at a time, but also like a superhero. Well, the, an entrepreneur has a beginning, if you will. Think about Spider-Man. There was a time where he was just a kid going to school, doing his thing. Then one day he gets bit by a spider, discovers Hey, I've got something special. I have a superhuman ability. And now the task is, do I use it for good or for evil? So uh, my question to you is as follows. Before being a, a civil engineer, before working on large projects, you know, the Alcatraz, the Bay Bridges and all that good stuff, before anything that people know you for today, before being the extended stay person that you are today, before all of that, what we want to know is, who is Al Williamson? Oh my goodness! Before that, he was a guy who was trying to make the Olympic team. Because oh, he was, as a gymnast, because I was trying to be a superhero. Then. <laughs> I was a full-time training for a superhero. That's cool. My wife was actually um, on uh, was doing the same thing for volleyball, and um, interestingly, on her way to said uh, tryouts, she actually got into a uh, an accident, which totally changed her life in that regard. So gymnastics was your thing. Yep, and similar, and uh, that was my total focus. Um, and that helped me as I was getting through school, but same high school, senior year, um, pulled some tendons in my arms mm. off a of high bar. Mm. And I had to think, man, I'm, I'm, that could happen just before the games. This is high stakes if I, I bet all my cards on the Olympic games, you know, that, um, and it wasn't, I was good. Okay, but honestly, I wasn't the best in the world at it. Mm. And I had to sober up and, and say, am I going to be a gym coach or am I going to be an inventor? You know, I always wanted to be an inventor. Like a, the, the new, the next uh, George Washington Carver. That's, that was my destiny. <laughs> so I started, so I started, I had to follow that. I had to follow that. Like, um, I got to, I got to do engineering so I can, so I can build stuff. Right. That makes that's sense. How, that's how I rolled down that way. That makes sense. I bet you you drove your mom nuts trying to build all kinds of things <laughs> out of everything. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, my my father. He was. He was from the country, Mississippi, mm -hmm. and he would duct tape and wire things up and and um, use a little bit of rubbing alcohol and fix stuff. He would. <laughs> he put it together. He got it up and going. He was able to get things back and going. So I had that in me too. So. <laughs> well, you know, duct tape fixes everything. That it, uh, it just does. Uh, duct tape and Windex. Put those two things together, you're, you're good. You're good, 100%. So take us on this journey, if you will. How do we go from inventor to engineer yeah. to real estate yeah. investor to short-term rentals? There, there's a journey here that we would love to understand. Oh, absolutely. So <clears throat> it was it was all doing all the things that people tell you to do, go to school, <laughs> I did that. I got engineering degree, and then, um, you know, startup a startup country, uh, company, 
and I just didn't like going work every day. Uh, it was it was all right, but it just wasn't. I wasn't able to use my creativity the way I wanted to. So I went back to graduate school, and then I got my um, in Illinois. It was so cold there. Hmm. <laughs> That's all I can think about those, those two years. It was just so cold. But I got but I got um, you know I came back to Sacramento and. Um, you know, I was a single black guy. I was 25 with two degrees. I felt like I was being hunted by these women. Hmm. You know, it's like all these, all all the, the people from high school that were married and divorced. I was, I was hunted. But I was able to find my wife, and that's what caused it. The real estate thing is, I was getting ready to be married, get married, and a guy at a church picnic said, "You got to think about duplexes," because he had a portfolio of duplexes. He says, you just do that, start off there, and, and, and before you buy a house. And that's a great way of starting. So I went to the library and just read everything from one side of the, about real estate. And it was just, you know how it is, Jay. He's, he's like, oh, man, this is clicking. This makes sense. This is, this is like algebra. This feels good. You know, I can mm-hmm. force appreciation. I love the sound of that. Mm-hmm. You know, highest, best use. This is perfect for my, my creativity. You know, it, it aligns with who I am and, and how I like to uh, start at a different place and, and um, blaze my own trail versus following um, someone else's path. That was, that was kind of my thing. <laughs> so so I, I did it. I, I pushed my new bride into a threeplex, into one of the smallest units of a threeplex that we bought. And um, <laughs> she was... She was like, oh, okay. And then, she, and then she got embarrassed that she didn't want her friends to know she was living in the apartment, even though we owned the whole thing. Right. She, she didn't want them to know she was in the apartment until they, it, it quadrupled on us in value. Yep. Quadruple. Nothing that we did. I was, I was, I, I enjoyed fixing it up and, and, and doing nice, uh, it was a Victorian, so I was doing craftsmanship oh. stuff. Got it. So I was loving that. You may be familiar with it. It's on, on, on P Street in, in 23rd in Sacramento, Midtown Sacramento. I bet you I can only Im- what I'm imagining in my head right now is 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 something that I know my wife would love. She tends to I'm more of a modern European straight lines, you know, uh, clean type of thing. But I, I for some reason, I'm imagining a clawfoot tub in your bathroom. But that's really oh, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. Exactly it. All yep. that stuff. I was, all that stuff people pay extra for. Because <laughs> it's because of the uniqueness spin of it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was bringing that um, those details out. You know, every time you switch a color and add more colors to uh, a rosette or something like that, people notice it, and um, you can raise your rents a little bit. <laughs> so that worked out for me. And once it quadrupled, my wife was all on board then. Oh, of course. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it all along. It was, you know, I was with you, supporting you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was with you. yes, yeah. yes. So, so that worked out. But it was uh, one reason it took that big swing up is because it was in a uh, area that was going through a neighborhood redevelopment. Mm-hmm. We had uh, all that stuff. So we decided to do it again, but in the Oak Park area. Oak Park was uh, uh, that was an area in Sacramento that was going through an effort to to get itself together, and the city was had some money set aside and was doing some 
stimulus stuff in the commercial area. So we bought an aplex over there and started again. We were going to work with the neighbors and, and work with the, 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 um, the local uh, politicians. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. there was also a nonprofit there that was doing some, a lot of stuff called uh, St. Hope. And, uh, and uh, all that, that, this start in, in, a, in a great spot by the biggest thing on the block, which was this eight-unit place, and uh, start, you know, really dive in and with the neighborhood and see if we can help speed up the neighborhood improvement. So, so that was our thing. It was it was exercising kind of leadership? I call it a leadership lid. You know, you take someone to to call in that the streetlight is burned out or mm-hmm. no one will know or care. You just have to advocate for that neighborhood and keep the litter off the ground, things like that. And that uh, started to knit the neighborhood back together slowly. You know, it turned in from that into block parties. Hmm. Uh, I started doing block parties once a year and putting the bounce house in front of the drug dealer's house. So, <laughs> right. so everyone, the police and everyone would know. And um, that started cleaning up the our block, and that kind of rippled a little bit. And other things were going on too. But at the same time, I found that it was a lot easier to do to work in the inner city um, when you attract really honorable people. And you don't have to raise your rents. It's just that when the commotion goes down, um, it's a lot more enjoyable and, and a lot more profitable and not so taxing on me emotionally. Um, so that, that, that kept going. I happened to be in an area that was wonderful for the location with the, the freeways and the medical center just up the street and the commercial district just down the street. And eventually got the neighborhood... Um, became safe enough that I could build a relationship with the medical center. Mm-hmm. I was always working on it, but they um, decided to rent a room for me, a, a, a unit for me, one of my apartments for their uh, scholarship program. Mm-hmm. And they needed a place for six months out of the year, every year. They wanted a place, and most landlords would say, no, you know, one-year lease. <laughs> How are we going to, what are we going to do for the other six months, Right. right? So that's that's where I said, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I was already I was already dabbling with um, Airbnb back in 2011, 2012 when I was in San Francisco, um, working on Alcatraz Island. I was I was funded by the National Park Service for housing, so I was hopping all around San Francisco using this new thing called Airbnb. Got it. And it, it at that time back then it was really bed and breakfasty. Um, right. As far as a lot of you know carry people's luggage. Uh, be the be be a host type of thing. So, um, I figured I would I had the medical center for the first six months, and then I would do uh, short term rentals um, the second half of the the year. You know? mm-hmm. So that's how that's how it really started, and uh, and and um, you know I kept experimenting from there. The neighborhood was safe enough to support the activities and kept getting better. Um, Got it. And that's that's really how that's really how it got going. That's the origin story right there. So there there's a lot inside of there that I want to make sure that people don't miss and hit. And then I've got some questions because one one of the things I I want everyone to really really understand, similar to 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 what Alice just said, and what I have come to believe now, having had the privilege of educating and training people for 
<laughs> a while and been in the real estate game for over a decade is simply the fact that one of the easiest ways to now get into the real estate game and, and pretty much put yourself in a profitable position really quickly is by leveraging short-term rentals in some capacity, which when we say short-term, I just mean anything that re results in a tenant being less than that traditional one-year uh, lease situation. And and that's a lot uh, of what I'm hearing. Now, Al, you're up in, in the area of, well, first of all, California. And then second, you are right. in some of the most expensive places in California known to man. So <laughs> the idea of someone who is saying, I can cash flow real estate, it's rare that they're A, from California, B, let alone from the areas that you're talking about. So right. help us understand, was there ever any sort of, was there ever an issue trying to work with traditional tenants and make the buildings work? Because if you're <laughs> running a purchase model up there, that, that, yeah. that's, that's a hefty dollar that you're trying to, to, to make work, especially with, you know, mortgages and, and, and the maintenance and whatnot. Well, I, I am in Sacramento, but it's still exactly, exactly what you're saying is exactly because maintenance costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you pencil something on paper and it doesn't pan out. That's why I started collecting ideas about how to increase my, my net income. I wrote a book called 40 Ways to Increase the Net Income of Your Rental Property because I was on this quest on figuring out how to make it work because it wasn't working for me um, until you got to appreciation and everything. I wasn't getting the numbers because I was always, something was always breaking. Mm -hmm. It just, and I didn't want to, I wanted the, my property to be a physical representation of, of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't do what other people were doing and just letting it go. Right. <laughs> so well, no, no. That, you're bringing up yeah. the point that I, I've made many times is, uh, and because people ask me like like Jay, what I mean, why on earth did you know do you talk the way you do about because we had you know at our highest we had about 450 doors and. I'm like, people, you don't, you don't understand. It's a great way to build wealth, horrible way to build income because Absolutely. something's always broken and it's yes, got to right. be fixed. <laughs> so <That's right. laughs> it's not like you get to cake the money home. You're putting it right back in the building. And until that debt service is gone, yeah. you, you, you got to figure out something else to do. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's exactly why uh, short-term rentals was like the saving me. Right. Uh, you know, my wife is saying, why can't we go on vacation? We got all these rentals. Like, no, honey. You know, because like we got all these too. rentals. That's why. Yeah, yeah, that was a hard conversation. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what really started the quest for finding these other side income or ancillary income streams. And um, and one of them, I remember pulling over on the side of the road after I wrote the book. I was pulled over. And, you know, Jay, when you start getting, like, clarity, and you're like, okay, I got to sit here and, and marinate in this for a little bit. I'm sure you had that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I pulled over. I was on my way to work. And I pulled over, and I was like, "Oh man, you know, a lot of these income streams, these ancillary income streams, are related to getting away from doing one-year leases. Is getting away, is 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 doing um, short-term and extended-term and and mid-term rentals." Um, so I remember this 
soaking on that and like, okay, similar just to what you said, Jay, I'm flipping everything over to, well, I still do some regular rentals, but I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to dive deep into these short-term rental things mm-hmm. because there's so many upsells and, and, and different ways to, to, to magnify um, my cash flow. Yep. So, so that's really what all started it off. And then back in 2015, Airbnb came out with that business travel ready category. Yeah. Where, where you can't share, it said that you can't share the unit with, with your guests and you can't have pets back then. Uh, for that unit, it had to be a dedicated unit. So that said, landlords pay attention. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. That's that was that was my bell. So I, I I started, I set one of my units in this aside and just to do the experiment to see exactly how good it was. Because so I was writing my blog and I was, uh, I called myself a landlord scientist. So can, <laughs> and and being an inventor, this is what I was going to do. I was going to test it all out. Got it. So that's how I found that I, I could do three stays per month and make a really big gross, uh, a much bigger net than, than a traditional landlord too. But then I did a one month stay and I, I asked for a little bit less of a of rent, but my net income was nearly the same. Mm-hmm. When, when you pay yourself and, and all the turnover and all the insurance and taxes and all that stuff is taken out, um, my, my one month stay was about the same net income as my three stays per month, mm-hmm. and and then I, I said, well, let me let me follow that. Let me get a three month stay. And my three month stay, I could spread my my expenses, especially my my time. And when you think about your cleaner, or you don't have to pay taxes or uh, mm-hmm. no additional insurance because it's just month to month rentals at that point. Uh, the efficiencies made it so that it was the net income on the three month stay was better than the net income on three three times per month. Yeah. So I just, you know, only for me to discover that hotels were discovering the same thing. They were discovering that I, they rather have one guy stay for 30 days than 30 guys all at one day. <laughs> no because, doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Now. Go, oh, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. No, that was that was that was it. I'm like, we're we're all kind of converging on this extended stay model. You know, one fourth of the new uh, in the pipeline for hotels industry is is going to be extended stay products, and the whole uh, market for people staying longer was increasing. And then you got mobile computing and cloud computing, uh, and um, it's it's like man, it, this this whole thing of people wanting to live in one place and work in another mm-hmm. is just taken off. Yeah. So, so that's why I, that's why I, I dove in it, and I'm just like, I gotta I gotta learn everything I can about this and and um, move my portfolio over this direction. You and clearly, you know that I agree. Uh, for for all the same reasons, many more. And the the question though is, I, I know that's on many people's minds. Is because yeah. the there's a number of them they where they ask questions like, well, I, I don't I don't understand how how that works because uh, how do you how do you find that that tenant? How do you market mm-hmm. for that person? What is it that you're doing? 
differently? Are you still even using Airbnb? I mean, what, yeah. how, what is the differences? What are the differences that you're doing in your marketing to be able to attract the person that you're referring to? Because right. I know for a fact, because we, we, we get the question all the time over here is, hey, you know, hey, Jay, I, I live in Denver or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here. They're in various parts of the country to where stays shorter than 28 or 30 days are not allowed. And they're wondering, can this model still work? Now, I often tell them, yeah, it can still work. You have to market differently. But being right. that uh, we're more of a, a generalist than a specialist in the extended right. stay, we're really curious to hear what's different from your point of view that would uh, unlock this potential for many of the entrepreneurs that are listening. Well. You're, you're so spot on. You're so spot on. One thing I start people, I have, I have about, <clears throat> I kind of categorize into like 14 different marketing strategies. But I start with people, the first, um, to know if your market can support it. And, and I say, is there an extended stay hotel in, in your town? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's Residence Inn and there's Extended Stay America and there's a whole bunch of hotels with, um, kitchenettes and things in them mm -hmm. and, and then we walk through it and like well they can they understand the market better than you and you'll never be able to do as much market research as they they've done I agree so it's just like Burger King sets up on the other side of the street or Starbucks I mean McDonald's <laughs> that's your marketing research there, there you go so so because of that you just are trying to poach one of their one of their um, guests. So it's a matter of, of doing the research there. There's a number, from, from there you can, um, you really need to get out from behind your computer is, is one way and talk to people. Uh, just having a conversation with a, a bartender at one of those hotels will open up a, and tip well, tip well. <laughs> You're gonna get a lot of information. Um, and, and you know, Traditional Airbnb rewriting your headlines and and dog whistling for um, people who business. I, I focus on business travelers. That's my favorite thing. That are on extended stay assignments. Mm. Uh, but, but as you go, as you try to attract those, you have to manage your calendar differently. You, you can't accept any more short-term stays. So that's that's where you have to have the faith part of kind of um, blocking out your calendar. And a lot of people are scared to do that. That's why I started off saying, "Is there an extended stay hotel in your in your city, especially extended stay America?" Because they're really doubling down on uh, focusing on two month stays. That's that's why they're in the, your market. Is they're focused on getting people who stay uh, one to two months. That's that's what their CEO is saying. We're that's all we're calibrating ourselves on. So now for those that are probably listening to this and are exploring the concept of short-term rentals for the first time, when you say, you said two things that might be a little challenging. Well, you said rewrite the headlines uh, because they, again, they've never written a headline, so they don't know a, what, what, oh. what you might be referring <laughs> to. And then second, yeah. you said blocking out your calendar and people are afraid of that. Now I have an understanding yeah. of what you're saying and yeah. communicating, but for those if you can expound on those two things, I think you, we may have lost a few people, but I, I, we want to bring everybody with us. 
Hello there, entrepreneur. This is Jay Massey, and what I want to say to you is that the number one mistake that I have ever made in business, number one, has been waiting too long to do the books, waiting too long to get the bookkeepers, the accountants, the CPAs, the CFOs involved, and I don't want you to make that same mistake. That mistake cost me over six figures, and now for a significant discount, you have the ability to get your books together using FreshBooks. So what I want you to do is I want you to go over to gofreshbooks.com forward slash cashflow diary. Again, that's gofreshbooks.com forward slash cashflow diary. FreshBooks is the easy to use software designed to help you, the small business owner, the freelancer, get organized and save time on invoicing, getting paid faster, keeping those books in order so that it becomes a bonus for you to do your taxes as opposed to a burden. Go over to gofreshbooks.com forward slash cashflow diary and get started today. And now let's get back to the rest of the story. Okay. Yeah. Let's definitely bring everyone with us. So if you're working with Airbnb, which has the, the, the most internet presence of, of everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> they do about twice the transactions as, as uh, the Marriott, which is the largest hotel chain in the world. So you, you cannot, you, that's the first place to start is on Airbnb. And as you're putting together your listing, um, you're writing headlines and, and taking pictures, which is really, really important. You gotta focus on those things. And, and your headline, um, you, can, you can write the, the copy or the, the headline to, it to attract a certain person. Like if I was talking about, uh, this place is perfect for a, a eloquent uh, business traveler. That'd be that'd be you, Jay. You would you say this is this is for me, you know? Or if I if I, my headline was uh, this place is great for a traveling group, you know, uh, construction people who have a who would get maybe two or three hotel rooms for their construction project might be attracted to your place. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're Writing your headline to resonate with that person. So that's really important as far as picking it. And then, of course, as you're writing your Airbnb listing, it, it gives you a chance to to describe how long, uh, what type of person you're looking for, uh, how long you want them to stay. You can have a minimum stay requirement of two days or uh, two months. So you just set that requirement, um, and Airbnb will only show your listing to someone looking for a two month or longer stay. So when you, and that part is where you were referring to blocking out your calendar, correct? Yes. All right. So everybody who, just to make sure everyone's on the same page and what's very true is, and I learned this a a while ago when I used to sell yellow pages for the three of you listening that remember what that is. (laughs) Um, And is that you, you write the headline to attract the attention of the person who's, who you're really looking for. So if you're saying that you're open 24 hours and you're looking for someone who's looking in the middle of the night, then you make sure that open 24 hours is mentioned. Otherwise they'll assume it's not them. And you're saying when we write, I don't know, extended stays welcome inside the title that, that, that would speak to the person looking for it. Am I understanding you correctly? Well, you, you, you are, uh, but if we're talking specifically, I mean, this might be too nerdy for you. Oh, no such thing. Go for it. 
Of course, Airbnb will not show your listing to anyone who's not looking for two months longer if you specify that as your minimum. So you don't want to waste your headline space saying extended stay. You want to talk about uh, if you're looking for an extended stay person, you, you know that they want a washer and dryer. So that, that might be an important thing to talk about. Or if you, um, um, you know, extended stay, um, say an emergency room nurse, Mm-hmm. who's staying three months, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you, you may want to talk about writing your headline if the competition's tight that you have blackout curtains so that they can sleep, you know, so they say, well, I can sleep during the day, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. When Once uh, Airbnb presents you to someone who's looking for the dates that you want to stay, uh, so it's not like Craigslist, as you know, not, not all listings are shown at the same time then um, you want to be, uh, distance yourself. I always call vacancies the, the vacancy bear, Jay. And, mm. and you want to create, you want to be a little bit, a couple of inches in front of everyone else when that bear is chasing you. So, so that you do things to separate yourself by you know, showing the right pictures and writing the headlines and also knowing who your target is um, or who, who the person that you really want to stay. It might be a, if you have a large house, it might be a construction crew uh, putting in fiber optic lines. Or um, if you're um, in a, in a in deep in the city, it, it could be even um, traveling crews who are updating um, lottery machines all over that region. And just, um, some of my places, my smaller places, are great for uh, linemen who are coming in and servicing the the ut- power utility lines up here in Northern California <clears throat> because they have to because of all the fires now. Mm-hmm. They're under a court order, so um, our, our utility company is under court orders to hire nearly everybody in the <laughs> country <laughs> <laughs> to come here and service these utility lines. So there's a big demand for smaller places. So that's the thing. If you, if you Every house or every dwelling could be a boat. Uh, has the highest and best use, like we were talking about before. And uh, it's just up to the, the housing entrepreneur to, to connect the dots. There's people, there's definitely a demand now, and it's growing as, as companies send their, their talent and their staff to different parts, different regions to service the client. There's a growing need for uh, places for them to stay because, Jay, have you ever stayed in a hotel for longer than a couple of weeks yes did you did you gouge your eyes out and pull your pull your hair out is that how you lost your hair hey you know well no that was back in college i just i went blonde <laughs> and then i shaved it off uh but after but what it came down to though is that it, it's a completely different experience and it's not it, you get you you get over it really quickly and yeah that's that's it so there's no competition essentially the, the longer you go, like two months, you know, people are going to be are looking for an alternative. If they got two months stay, they just can't fathom being in that hotel for longer than and eating the same thing for the breakfast selection mm-hmm. for for, mm-hmm. for more than a week. That continental breakfast suddenly con- wants you to leave <laughs> the continent. Yes, I totally got it. Totally Where did got. Where English muffin come from? Right. <laughs> this looks like the English muffin I was here last week. Yeah, yeah. totally understood. <laughs> and now, but but if if I'm to hear for everyone listening, 
what you're really saying is is that the 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 type of the property is irrelevant uh, as much as what but what's more relevant it, it and instead of saying well can i do it with a one bedroom two bedroom three bedroom it's more about focus on who it is that you are looking to serve and understand right. that that person has certain unique needs and sometimes it, and once you've made that decision, then you can decide, you know, what size property or, or location you might want. That's exactly right. But you said it so much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, exactly, it, that's exactly right. Let me add to that a little bit. Because yeah. Because we want to we want to um, want your listeners to take action is that if if you are in if you roll in, in a upscale uh, high net worth group, then then you can serve those folks because you have the network already. But if you know if you're a high school student that doesn't have those connections, don't try to serve that that, that group. <laughs> you know, stay stay in your stay in your lane, so to speak, so you'll be really successful. If you're a blue collar guy, then uh, serve other. You know, um, there's plenty of carpenters and iron workers and um, electricians that are coming to town for extended stay for construction projects. You'll have a, a better chance, and you'll relate to them better, and you'll you'll write your you'll you'll furnish your place better if you and make the same bread, you know, make the same net income. <laughs> Got it. Uh, doing that, so so know where it's for, but stay with people that you have an affinity to. Now, yeah. I know if I don't ask this, I'm going to get like reamed for for like why didn't you ask? Especially since you just said make yeah. the same net income. Everyone yeah. says, well, if I do that, I'm going to make less money. Explain what you mean, because you're using that word. And I'm like, I hope I don't know if people are catching the distinction that you're making, but okay. you're saying same net income. So explain yeah. what you mean by that. OK, uh, you're such a good interviewer. You're such a good interviewer. This is exactly that's a really smart question, because you can make your decisions based on gross income. And so many people who get into the space do that. And, and at the end of the day, when they look at, at their monthly what's left in the bank, which is their net income, they, can, they oftentimes say, I, I, travel, I travel around a new Airbnb every couple times a month, different one. They often look back and say, you know what? I could have made more money if I was just a regular landlord after all, <laughs> all, all this in and out and all my time and everything. Uh, it, so the, only the net income, making decisions based on how do I get my net income higher, you make different decisions. You, you, you might say, hey, I can lower my prices and, and get someone for a longer period of time, and that will give me actually uh, what's left in the bank will be more than if I uh, have to deal with all these replace, replacing sheets and all those, the damage that, and all the, you know, the cost of doing business during turnovers that, that happen. So, so you, you, and, and again, I just want it stated plainly so that people can really hear that you're, you're really saying that this opportunity then can exist for anyone, regardless of what an ordinance says, specifically when that ordinance is focused on less, that stays that are less than 28 or less than 30 days, because we are talking about 30 days and more. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. Yes, that's what you're exactly what you're hearing. Those ordinances were for uh, the kind of slow down and control those people competing against um, hotels for transients. 
and they call transients folks less than 30 days, but they, they're not intended for month-to-month rentals because they, those people who are writing these ordinances, they don't want to, they know affordable housing uh, is, you know, month-to-month rentals is the cornerstone of affordable housing. So those ordinances are, are not aimed for month-to-month rentals. So if you are doing short-term rentals, if you happen to fill your month-to-month rental by um, internet online travel agencies and other innovative ways, you're perfectly fine. You can make, what I'm saying, let me say it, come out and say it. You can make more money doing monthly rentals. Just be very grateful that you have ordinances because you can make more net income doing months and longer. So what, when it comes down to it, for, for you, from your perspective, what do you see as the difference between th- those that are currently running a less than 30-day stay versus more than 30-day stay? What have been some of the distinct differences that you've noticed either in their marketing or mm-hmm. how the business runs? Well, I think, you know, if you are, are on the beach, of course, you, sh- you should be uh, focusing on less than 30 days, I, I would say, because you got a lot of tourists, so the, the less than 30-day folks go after tourists and people coming for conventions um, and business travelers like myself who are only there for a little while. Those who are focused on 30 days and longer, you know, they have, they're looking at um, some different things, like they're looking at, uh, do I have parking? Do I have um, laundry services and, and um, you know, uh, so they're, they're marketing for those things. Those things are they're leading, leading with those, those types of things. Uh, and they're, they're also more, well, the, the things that they, they offer are, are different as well. Because if you're, if you're for weekend stays, then, you know, the TVs and the cable, those things are important, you know, for, for that type of person who's coming in just for a couple of days. Where it's not so much so for extended stays, there's a different, um, you know, you're going after a business traveler. For this this longer term stays, that's typically um, who who ends up showing up, and they're also if you're if that person who's a business traveler is having their employer pay for their stay, they act completely different than if they're paying mm-hmm. out of their own pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more forgiving, they're they're more easygoing, and they're also more accountable. So uh, they're they're less likely to damage your place, even though they're they're all, I think a lot of them are all great on their own, but they, they know that, that you know who their employer is. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. And speaking of that, when it comes down to uh, alternative ways of attracting uh, your customer outside of any of the marketing or, or customer acquisition platforms, like an mm-hmm. Airbnb, uh, mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that you've implemented that you found to be successful? Well, Facebook is great. Most most people have their own private Facebook group, so you can uh, join those and let people in, in those places know where you're, you're offering. And um, you know, one thing we use is, of course, we use our own, um, our own website, mm-hmm. just kind of mostly to show our properties as a catalog and send people links. If someone is acquired, we don't want to send them to Airbnb. We want to send them um, our own our own website and pictures from that. So the, the word, if you stick around 
for a year, then you should start having developing a reputation, and the word should get out. You know, you should be telling your friends, and then you're going to get a phone call, and at that time, it's important to have your own website to show people what you you're getting. And, and um, well, let me walk you through this, Jay. Yeah. There's, there's, I have eight categories. Go for it. Of the short-term rentals. There's the vacation renters, rentals, mm-hmm. and and then there's military housing, mm-hmm. and then there's student housing. Well, there's student housing could be grad grad students and undergraduates. Two different distinctions of furnished rentals, and then you have um, your insurance housing, loss of use. You have oh, uh, the insurance adjusters go out for extended period of time, as well as people loss of use then displaced okay mm-hmm. and then then you have your corporate rentals for extended stays and, and then you have a what I call temp housing um, think of in-betweeners someone who just sold their home and getting ready to buy a, a new one yep those type of places or um, for, and then you have international you know those are yep. those different flavors I think I named them all I hope I named them all but oh I miss medical now medical you have three different flavors you have uh, uh, stays for families who are staying because they have their loved ones have a prolonged yep. hospital stay. You got the travel, traveling medical professionals. Yep. And, and then you have the medical students. They all have um, different needs. The medical students, for example, they just want a bed and Wi-Fi. If you if you put anything else in there, you're kind of wasting your money. And, and also, they don't want to pay for it because they already have these huge student debts. They don't. <laughs> they're all debt funded so right. so you strip strip down for them and then of course uh, nurses have their own or medical professionals have their own needs and and so do families who are staying for a prolonged period of time for the loved ones they all have separate needs so all those categories uh, you get to know you figure out which one you want to dominate mm-hmm. and which of course you know if you're not if you don't have a military base around you of course you couldn't do military housing if you don't have a university around you, uh, or if you choose not to um, work in that category, uh, that's really important to know. So you're going to build a reputation in these categories, and th- that reputation is going to um, start to spin the flywheel, and then you're going to you're going to get more demand if you do an excellent job and provide a lot of a lot of value to that person, and then you'll find yourself. Um, being asked to expand, and and your leads will start coming in. You'll start feeling stupid for not expanding, <laughs> and then then you expand. Yeah, exactly. And, and you have, and, and then you kind of grow your own your own funnel for that particular category. Like if you're in the military space and and you earn the right to uh, get their respect, then you're going to get a lot of leads right there. So. As you've continued to grow your business, and I know one of the questions that's going to come up, especially once you migrate and mature past the platforms, et cetera, uh, typically one of the the questions that we get is, you know, how do we avoid uh, having to either evict or or, or granting tenancy to a, a person? And I'm curious to hear your answer or how you guys deal with that. Well, that's that's one thing. One reason why I love this business travelers because they have their dogs and their family somewhere else. <laughs> They're just not going to stay. Right. So it's, it's it's really 
it's never been an issue at all. But if they did decide to stay at, at those elevated rents, I would have no problem with that. Yeah. And if they, they're, they're, you know, the margin is even nicer. Um, and in fact, that has happened to me, where someone came in for three months, and it's it's two years later. Wow. Yeah, it's two years later, still paying it, uh, and they're they're arbitraging their their location. They're they're living in Sacramento and working in the Bay Area. Wow. See, so they're, that's they're a sign. Difference there. That's a sign. But that that that's a whole nother day. So you are you guys using any sort of separate? Uh, agreement that you had to go in and actually get drafted yourself to make those types of relationships happen? Yeah, we, we, we are in some Good. cases um, for, for those. I have my business partner is a real estate lawyer, so it makes it really easy. For well, that's us. convenient. That's convenient. But in, oftentimes, let's talk about places where there's ordinances. Yep. Here's, here's a little, I'm going to let this secret slip for folks. It, on, on your lease agreement, it says, you know, so-and-so company um, is the owner, rents to so-and-so company, so-and-so person, and they call it a tenant. So in that lease agreement, it switches people from transients to tenant. And that can be the main purpose of a lease agreement, is to, is to switch it over there and, and have a different set of laws uh, applied there. So for example, in the hospitality industry, if we're running this hybrid, leases are not part of the hospitality industry. If you follow what I'm saying. Oh, I follow. I'm letting it sit there because I know some not, other people said, wait, what? What did he yeah, say? It's <laughs> not a part. If you want to get into the hospitality industry, you, 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 it's not, leases are not a part of that. These 12 page leases means you missed the point. That means, that means you're in the landlord industry. Okay. So what, what's a really important and the key to understand, especially if you're faced with ordinances, is that you make that person, you, you take that person from being a transient into a legal, uh, verifiable tenant. And, and all, those, all those ordinances don't apply. There's, an, there's a lot there that you just said, and there could be an entire another uh, show and episode just on this one point now before <laughs> right. though I, we, yeah. before we do that i have to ask this because i'm kind of curious uh, are you finding or what are you finding as those special services or amenities that are available from a 30-day standpoint that you maybe you didn't do before are you, like are you offering additional cleaning are you providing them something at some additional fee uh, helping to increase your net income in some way, shape, or form. You know, I started off offering a menu of, for, for cleaning services and things like that, and I, I didn't find that popular. People just wanted to be left alone. Um, if, I, if they had a washer and dryer, any, any place I had that didn't have a washer and dryer, I, I let it go because it, it capped how much I could charge, you know. Mm. It, so I let those all go. So you and would say you found a washer and dryer to be, like, needed is what it like paramount it was that now was that a washer and dryer in the unit because or a washer and dryer on the property on the property it has to be on the property got it got it okay understood you do you do even better so you kind of switch to from service apartment to uh, well, corporate housing to service apartment there's like a distinction if the washer and dryer is inside the unit so, but the things that that i'm i'm in the middle of a a remodel of a mixed-use building right now 
here in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And we're pushing wash small stackables inside the units so that we there's no cap on our how much we'll be able to charge in the future. I like it a lot. So all said, is the wife happy now? She's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yes, the the wife she was a she was an RN and she was able uh thankfully for that first one that that the same reflex that she was squished into uh, found its way into a 1031 that actually retired her awesome so the thing she complained about was the thing that gave her her freedom <laughs> ironic <laughs> i like it i love telling that story i hope she never hears this <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, if she's anything like uh my, my wife she she's not gonna listen so it's okay, all good. okay it's, yeah. all, it's all good it's all good so now that's, that's how that happens yeah she's happy now so uh for those that have listened this far and want to find out more about what you got going on track you down and understand more as it pertains to this you know 30-day extended stay thing what what what's going to be the best way for them to find you so they can the best place to find me is on leadinglandlord.com you can see about my coaching and training my books and also the experiments i'm always doing some different type of experiment um you, you can read about it there like uh, insurance i'm working on a I'm just launching into an insurance. Well, how do people get uh, into the into insurance housing? You know, I'm starting that that experiment right now. Got it. Totally understood. Now, as we wind down, I've got a final question for you because I'm curious to hear your answer. You okay. know, let's pretend that you know someone, as it states, I know they were in one mental emotional state when they started listening to us today, and <laughs> and now they're in another. And, and that could easily be, they're like, oh my gosh, that's it. This, I can do this. You know, suddenly you created, our conversation opened up for them yeah. a new possibility. And they're at that, you know, precipice of decision. They're literally standing at the edge of the cliff going, do I, don't I jump? How can I, I I'm ready. Okay. Now, you know, like I know, as human beings, often when we get to that precipice, we have a voice that is a companion. And it <laughs> often says, Really? You? I don't know. I mean, you remember what happened last time you tried something like that? And, and the last time, you know, you ended up with a whole bunch of dead and, and this and that. And, and, and for some people, they are related to that voice. So my question to you is as follows. Yeah. Let's pretend that this time it's going to be different. They're going to move forward. They're going to do exactly what you say. And they're going to do so in the next 24 to 48 hours. Okay. What would you suggest that they do? You know, honestly, it's, it sounds self-serving, but you you, you need um, a coach to help you get your best out of you, especially to overcome your subconscious. Yep. You need someone who actually has scars and knows what it's like to feel sick because they have a vacancy and, and, and can uh, keep you from making those mistakes. Uh, so it really pays all high performers to get a coach. And, um, you know, I happen to have a coaching and training program specifically for extended stays and i would be happy to to um, coach any of your listeners through that through that point and you know be that booster rocket that gives them to where it's um, easy to operate after you after you run it um in the extended stay world a, a little bit you just need some time behind the wheel to get comfortable and um, just like you would get a driving instructor <laughs> it's great to, <laughs> right it's great to have a coach who knows what he's doing in that space Excellent 
and and I love it. And and again, as I said before, I say again, I, I definitely appreciate when entrepreneurs go out there and are willing to say, not only do I have something special, but I'm willing to share it with people. Uh, I'm willing to share it with you, and you you guys can do it too. And that's exactly. Uh, who you are showing up to be and exactly why the world needs the more people exactly like you. So uh, I just want to be one of the first to say thanks for taking the time to share your knowledge, your wisdom, and your insight here with us today at the Cashflow Diary, sir. Oh, I am so honored. I, I love your podcast, and, and um, I think I've arrived now. I've arrived. <laughs> no one's going to be able to tell me nothing for the rest of the day. <laughs> well, at least today, at least today. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? Well, that means do something. It doesn't mean sit still. It doesn't mean read the ordinance again. It doesn't mean think about can I, should I, would I. Yes is the answer. As I've said before, and I say again, those ordinances, they, they really are telling you here's where and here's how. And now, not just here's how, but here's a person who will show you how to go make it happen. So what does that mean? Leadinglandlord.com. That's what it means. And it means you need to take the action because now you have even less of an excuse than you thought you had before because there's people out there who are absolutely crushing it in your own backyard and you're wondering, oh, is there anything out there for you? Ladies and gentlemen, wealth is for everyone and that means you. It's been fun talking to you guys today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.